Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger, taking that trek through time. Twisting, turning, navigating, warping, y- you know, the huge. That's right, randomly disappearing. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try and wrap this up. We talked a little bit a few weeks ago about... Loki season two. We watched the first half. We've now watched the second half of this Disney Plus extravaganza. And obviously there's going to be spoilers if you have not watched through the show yet. Uh, You may want to come back to another episode or come back to this one even once you have watched. But we're going to talk about what we think about what they did and what this means for the greater MCU as a whole and and all that good stuff. Yeah, and in discussing this one, you know, the interesting thing about our watching styles or patterns sometimes is today's modern world, let's call it, something appears on TV, it shows up in print via reviews and comments instantly. Yeah. And so this... It's even headlines can even spoil things. So, uh, you know, before I got a chance to watch the episodes, um, you had you had seen, you know, you had given me like the let's call it the hype track. Like, I really want to discuss what's going on with this. And I saw some headlines about like what the ending of the series means for the future of the MCU and the (laughs) Kang character and all those things. And so once I got to the end, I was like. I, I think I was more underwhelmed than anything else. But at the same time, I didn't have great expectations for what the end was going to be, knowing that Disney's talk track has been, these are things that have implications for the movies, but when it comes to the movies, you don't have to watch these to enjoy the movies. So although they have meaning and they have impact, it's not going to... They're They're not... Isolating, they're not like leaving people out who don't have a Disney Plus subscription and can't watch these things. So it seems. Well, anyway. that may be the 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 talk track that they're using, but I had seen some discussions. We have already reviewed the Marvels, and if you didn't watch the shows, you definitely got less enjoyment out of the film. Yeah, you you missed out, and on e- even if it's story details. Or, you you know what, little hints of fun that are thrown in there as well. Right. And you, I, you, you do, you're right, you do miss some elements. And the, the past few series, and, and we had a discussion about the one before this, uh, you know what, have been a, a roller coaster, ups and downs of good and bad. And when this one came out initially in the first round, of course it was good. And we had positive reviews for the first half of this one. Mm -hmm. And, um, I do have a question in terms of your viewing of this. Did you do this as a, you know, it, it used to be appointment viewing when things weren't streaming. If there was a Sunday night HBO thing, um, I, I was real big into where game of Thrones and, um, Oh, zombie AMC. I can't even think of the name Walking of it now. Dead. 
Walking Dead. So they were on at the like on Sunday nights. So like for me, I was like Sunday nights. I'm going to watch these things. When these things roll out like this nowadays, is it an appointment viewing thing for you, or do you kind of pick a set date during the week? Like I'm going to catch up and watch these things. This was yeah for sure. We watched it as soon as it came out. Every episode. Nice. Well, uh, except for one, we had to delay a day. But generally speaking, we, we saw it when it came out. Okay, because I feel like this this was a different tier in terms of quality compared to a lot of the other shows that have been there for uh, Disney recently. Uh, although I still enjoy and I still have an anticipation of watching them every week that they come out. I consumed this one a little differently, though. We I did it really in chunks. I did the first three, mm-hmm. and then I did the last three all in like succession. So I just binged three, waited, binged the last three. So my my experience with it is a little bit different. I I would prefer a binge experience because I remember when they first do started doing the streaming series, they would release the entire series all at the same time and I preferred mm-hmm. it that way. Um will I do it as an appointment thing? Sure, on some of them, a lot of them I what that change resulted in is me not caring a lot more about a lot of shows, but there's still a handful that when it comes out, I want to see it because I have a vested a vested interest in the characters and the storyline, and very much so with the Loki character. Uh, I've I've been a fan of the whole Thor family of characters for a really long time, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna. This I have a certain predisposition to liking this to begin with, especially if you're going to put someone as talented as Tom Hiddleston into the role. Yeah, see that? And that's kind of a point that I wanted to bring up is that when we're discussing this particular one, I, and I'll reiterate, I think it's just a different class than a lot of the other shows. And not that a lot of the other shows were bad or, you know, Secret Invasion was it? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. That was bad. But, you know, a lot of the other ones were fun. They were enjoyable. Um, some were more lighthearted. Some were more serious. Some were more action. Uh, but this one, in terms of the production, in terms of the characters, in terms of the actors presenting their characters, in terms of the sets and the props and the look and the feel, I just think that this one, t- to me, just was a different different notch is a different level and a lot of it i think has to do with with something that i've um kind of harped on in the past and something that's important to me in in anything that's going to have a long-term um interest to me and that's character development and character growth so a lot of what was wrong with some of the other projects is a lot of it was who cares about the character? Why should I care about this character? You haven't given me enough of a reason to care about the character. Even if you do, you haven't given me enough of a reason to want to see that character change and grow or you just don't do anything to make the character change and grow. Uh, you take a completely uh, plot-driven um external impact story that things happen around this person the person never really changes that's not interesting that's not how life works that's not where people get invested 
And if you give somebody that has already just the seed of that thing that that people yearn for, that people want, the Loki character was already charismatic, already had something to empathize with. And then when you add on to the fact onto those facts that that the character has a place to to want to be better, to want to grow, that that is something that will really drive people to want to see what is going to happen next and to care about the outcome. And let's be honest with ourselves, to try to do that in a two hour movie uh, is challenging. Yes. So this just affords the opportunity, given the right characters, and then, of course, given the right story and and actors, that's equally as important. Mm-hmm. There's more of an interest. Now, it, a lot of these things that we've seen in movies in the past, we I mean, between you and me, we'd like to see more of that character. We'd like to see more of those character stories. We'd yep. like to see more behind the scenes of those things. There's just not the time and the money to do that. And, you you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting that this byproduct showed up and how they wove that into some of the headlining stories to become its own version of leading into a headlining story, yeah. right? Just the, you know, they saw the movie, the thing fell out of the briefcase, he picked it up, and poof, he's gone, and they're like, uh-oh. And then it's just like, what are you, what are you going to do? See, that that created an issue in the movie, Um but then it gave them like, I, I I wonder, I really wonder, and it's probably in some interviews or stories that when they did that, what the what was the plan? Did like did they know like we're gonna create a, a series for Loki, a spinoff on this? Because like yeah, they knew. oh we we killed him, and like everybody's like oh no, did we really do that? And then like, but that was all kind of tied into the same. So it, it's just an interesting thing that the fan response. Uh, of so many of those characters that like when they get rid of them like oh you just threw away the character so then throw a little twist in there and it creates a whole nother it's like it's like a time variant right it's Mm. like a it's like a branch it creates its own thing weird yeah Uh, so uh we're in the second half and that's what we're really aiming to talk about today where did we leave off after the first three episodes well, that's a that's a good question, and I'll answer that question with uh, I don't remember. It's really weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the what do we have to do? That the the thing was breaking down, so they had to find a way to fix the the, the what is it the the uh, I about call it the colander. <laughs> they need to fix yeah, the colander. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, the loom. The loom. Yeah. yeah. So the MacGuffin is broken. They need to fix the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Um, so we left off. They had uh, wasn't uh, the end of um, episode three where uh, Timely uh, steps out and gets burst into <laughs> pieces, and they go, "Whoops, this is a bad thing." Um, Was that? Three, yes, that might have been three. Yeah. 
I'm pretty um, sure. Because in, in four, was that the one that was like the infinite loop type thing? Right. He keeps yeah, jumping so, all over the place. Correct. So that was, you know, one of your favorite movies is, you know, Groundhog's Day. He's just mm-hmm. repeating himself. And that story, like that thing in itself isn't original. No. Right. Uh, the way they presented it in this one um, was okay original, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and I think it was hinted and maybe not presented as well as it could have been because time frame. But one of the interesting things about that story was he has to try to get the actions done quicker. So he has to jump himself back further in time to pre to a time that he can make the thing to do the stuff to get the things. But they one of the I think things that they mention is how long is it going to take for me to learn how to do this stuff? And they're like centuries. And then he's like, oh, OK. And, and <laughs> I don't think it, unless you weren't really paying attention, all his repeated attempts on this. If I'm getting this, getting this down, even though those segments of what he was doing were only five minutes, ten minutes long, he did thousands of them that yeah. encompassed hundreds of years. Yeah. So you know he had plenty of time to do what he needed to do. So yeah. So the the fourth episode is him trying to get control of jumping, and then the fifth episode was him trying to get everybody together to fix everything. And that was where he was doing what you're talking about, learning Mm -hmm. how to do everything. And then the sixth was finally understanding the nature of what was happening to him, what was important to him, and finding that third alternative. I loved the conversation between him and He Who Remains. Yeah, where He Who Remains is like, yeah. I, I, I made it so that you could do that. Like you're my fallback. <laughs> it <was> like <laughs> all this. So it, it, it put even more weight on his years, hundreds of years of trying to fix the problem when ultimately he did it for nothing. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's the whole twist in that conversation and scenario. Like the weight that, that I'm that I think was underappreciated in these episodes was the time that he took and the meaninglessness of it. Well, especially uh, it's it's a matter of scope. So we're all very impressed in that he can learn these things. And like the ground Groundhog Day, he takes the time necessary to learn to learn and to improve and do all that. Well, the dude at the end of the universe has been doing it for eons. The equivalent of eons. So, yeah, he's seen pretty much any possible thing that you could think of and has mm-hmm. has planned for it. And when you talk about him being immortal, that's the presentation. You can kill him and he can die. Mm-hmm. But he's always there. Like he's never he's never dead. Yeah. He's just there's just some other timeline where his he's the exact same person it's it's an interesting concept um 
in in the comics that you've read over the years is that kind of how the character is presented oh yeah most most certainly kang is essentially impossible to get rid of there are so many versions of him and this is this is the hard thing to convey as as and i don't think the mcu is going to try really because it's just jargon and gobbledygook and sci-fi silliness about the nature of time because there are so many things that are going to contradict itself about how time travel and alternate realities and everything works. Even if you understand it fairly well, it's really easy to make a mistake. So over the course of decades and decades of stories, the Kang character has been backwards and forwards and doubled back and created branches, been back in the same branch, talked to different versions of himself at different times, talked to himself, trying to make himself himself. I mean, just all sorts of just, just shenanigans and with, with a version of himself being Immortus, which I still contest is actually who he who remains is. That's actually Immortus. And and has been basically tasked by the timekeepers to fix this. Uh, <laughs> and he tries to do his best to keep all of his versions in line, but also keep himself in power. And, uh, yeah. The, and that uh, sounds like what he has done. Right. That was the discussion from the first season. It's like, you don't understand. Like, I'm the one that keeps the war from happening. Yeah. And in this one... It was, it was, it's, it was described in that way, but with more like, oh, nuance, nuance, like you are controlling it because you're the one in control, right? Like it's not that you are saving, you were the one who was in power, Yeah, you know, like there's, there's a difference. Right. And that's ultimately what is revealed but i like what you said like there is an option like you you kill him you don't kill him but what's the third option right you gotta figure out what that is if there is one and and the way that they did that the way that they ended it oh that was pretty and it was just it was just good it hit right for the character as it developed it hit right on the emotional uh, side of things on the logical side of things, and it gives a very interesting set of possibilities of what they're going to be doing with this character. I'm, it could be a lot of fun because they could they could just leave it there and then never go back to him if they really want to do it that way. I don't think that's going to be the case. There, there are a handful of characters that he very much resembles at this point in terms of purpose and power and position. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do with it. And because I'm not familiar enough to know all the intricacies of things, you know, I saw the, the tree that Mm -hmm. was formed by these and all I ever heard in terms of description was God of stories. Mm -hmm. Um, what does that mean? So in the comics right now, they've kind of changed the, 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 the Loki character, the purpose of the Loki character. Um, he was originally the god of mischief or the god of lies, depending upon how you looked at it. And he eventually grew to to not want that role. He he you know saw how 
how toxic it was and it it was never going to be fulfilling. Things were not going to be right. And he was given the option through a variety of things I'm not going to go into at this point, but to to now be the god of stories instead. And it's like cosmic level power, like if he writes something, it becomes reality, sort of a thing. That's that's what the, the god of stories is. So there is some similarity to this in the sense that he's got his hands on all of the threads of reality. I don't think that's who he is in this, though. I think there may be a little bit of a nod, a little bit of a wink-wink, nudge-nudge to the comic character. But that's that's not, I don't think that's who he is at this point. But he has, he has in in theory, a lot more power and control. Yes. Than maybe we can realize, but especially his character as it grows and changes throughout his arc, he now has he he now has that power that he sought so often. Mm-hmm. Just, just not quite the power that he anticipated having, or what he needs to do with it. And that's that's the thing. That's the sacrifice he's making. While he he has this power now, he can't really do anything with it other than become an anchor for reality. And that's really what he is in this in this um, in this ending of the show. And so, I mean, there are some that think that uh, he is kind of playing the role of uh, Atleza uh, and. It's a deep cut. It, it It's not a character that's really well known in comics unless you are a fan of a very specific character, which I happen to be, and that being Thanos. <laughs> There's a whole series of stories. But a character that is, is essentially an anchor to reality, making sure that um, that the version of the multiverse that, that they're in does not descend into entropy, just keeping it at bay, which is what would happen if all the Kangs went to war. That would cause the reality to, to sink into entropy. So he is on this chair that looks really close to the chair that this other character sits in, and they, they're, they're alone. Their only purpose is to make sure that reality stays locked. And that's kind of how I saw him being presented as at the end too, is that it was the main, the main reality was what he was preserving. Right. And afterwards, you know, they have like the postscript and the characters are talking about like, Oh, I sure wish Loki was here, you know, cause they're, they're sad that he's gone, but it's, it's the TVA's, you know, like rebranded, mm-hmm. right? It's serving the same purpose, but in a different way. Like it's, it's still trying to preserve timelines. Right. And they mention, you know, like, oh, one of the Kangs showed up in the 616 uh, adjacent, I think is what they said. Right. And they also mentioned trying to keep the Kangs from not knowing who they are. Right. Did you hear that little mm-hmm. those little snippets at the yep. end? So wh- what they're saying is if 
some of the Kangs know their purpose, but all the ones that are in this, I mean, we saw the, the council of Kangs right. at the end, that now that this thing has been skewed, that maybe they don't know their purpose or who they are or what they're doing. Is that what I'm well? Under- so there's there, the fun about all of this is that there there are, and this is another thing that they don't really get into the films because it's a lot of just kind of minutia and and world building that has such a small impact. About like in the comics, there's all the 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 cosmic entities and who they are and how they relate to each other. Well, it's a similar thing within. A smaller microcosm in this instance, understanding the timeline, there are a bunch of different groups that all operate through the timeline, some of which know the existence of the others and some don't. So the TVA has always tried to operate on the down low. And they have to for a very, very specific reason. While they have a large purview and they have access to a lot of resources, essentially they're a bunch of chumps. They they are nothing but just people, and going up against individuals of obscene amounts of power. So they have to be secretive. Well, they do have some some powers. They have some tools to you know zap people out of. Well, they have tools. They've got technology. Yeah, but they themselves, in and of themselves, are not powerful. Yeah, they're just variants. In this show, anyway. Right. Well, even even in the comics, they're just people. They're bureaucrats. TVA has always been a bunch of bureaucrats. <laughs> so it's it's a nice idea, but it's kind of like uh, sending one person to the base of the dam that's having cracks appear to plug the holes. They're always going to fail. They're going to do what they can, but eventually they're going to become overwhelmed. And... It, the 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 things that we read, I mentioned. There's headlines like, "Where can the MCU go after this?" I guess that is the point of discussion too, because the big worry now is the Jonathan Majors care, like actor, right? Whatever the trial or whatever the findings are going to come about is either something bad's going to happen to him, so they have to redo everything, or dismissed or not guilty and they can just carry on but we're kind of waiting disney's kind of waiting to see as the legal process plays out what they're saying what the headline was with this is well they could do either they could do whatever they want to because now that they've created this kind of system they could just get rid of them or they could make them still be there and be powerful so did you see it the same way uh, yeah, they can. They're, they're in a position where they can do kind of whatever they want. Now, first of all, I don't think he's going to get convicted of anything. I don't think everything that I've seen about the trial so far, it's kind of doesn't seem like enough to make anything stick. For not, and that's not saying whether he did anything or not. I'm not going to comment on that. I don't know. I wasn't there, and I want to say I don't care. We're not legal experts. Yeah, we're not legal experts, but. If they do, for some reason, want to recast him, so what? Recast him. It's not like they haven't done it before, and it's Kang. You know what? They could have a magic little poof thing happen. Something hit the timeline, and this person was replaced by this other person that's also the same person. 
doesn't matter. They can just write it into it. And I guarantee you it will be better than some of the other writing, whatever it is. It'll yeah. be it'll be just fine. Yeah, so I'm because they haven't changed, they haven't reissued other than like they've shifted dates back because of the strikes. But they haven't changed the movies, they haven't changed the things that are coming no. out. Uh the projects that are they're anticipating. Um we we know now for sure, um, listen to our previous podcast about the Marvels. We know there's going to be a young Avengers something. You know, is it gonna be a streaming Probably. show? Is it gonna be a movie? Uh but we, we so we know we'll see that in the future. But as far as we know, um the Kang storyline is still in place. And you know, the there's gonna be two Avengers movies that are gonna come out in twenty five something six, like that something. yeah so they haven't changed anything yet so in theory this still impacts what could happen in the future and i've got with those movies i've got hopes i've got certain hopes obviously you know we existed a long time we've talked about this before where there just wasn't any any good comic book stuff and then for a while it's like oh they started releasing comic book stuff and it was better but it still wasn't good yet, and it definitely wasn't connected. And then uh, we get we get what we've been waiting for. But the problem is, people are tired. I'm 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 afraid we're about to see this go the way of the the way of the Western. I'd say we got maybe five years. The the superhero fatigue. Yeah, well, I, I've mentioned it. The thing that can save it is the X Men. No, I don't think it will. I, Fantastic I, Four. Uh, no, I, I'm going to be excited for that. I know there's going to be a contingent of people that are, but for just the average person, it's just another superhero film, and they have had decades of them now. Um, and if memory follows, it took about two decades for the extremely popular western to go away. It's not like they never made them again. It's just not to the same numbers, not to the same acclaim, and uh, I, I feel like we're going we're about to hit that with comic books. So, yeah, and I, I mentioned this in the Marvels, you know, the Marvels review. The first couple of years, these things were out when you had just your basic, you had your Iron Man and your Captain America and your Thor. Uh, you could. Everything was PG-13. You could market those things around kids, mm -hmm. right? That's the way to get the money is have the adult stuff, have it, the adult stuff, but have it be inclusive for kids. You get all the age groups. Well, those kids grew up. And now when you're, you know, late teens, early 20s, you know, you're young adults, your interests have changed. And so that audience that has grown up with these things you know what their their interest maybe isn't the same anymore no and okay well let's look and see what the eight and ten year olds are, are going for now well unfortunately the things that marvel is putting out now really isn't in the wheelhouse of that younger audience and of course like you said the older audience has become fatigued for this it's just a it's just a bad recipe unfortunately yeah, yeah. So, 
will this really have an effect on anything? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I think that the only way to have these things work is to remember why they work in the printed format in the first place. Why do people really clamor to these characters? Why do they continue to collect the comic books? I mean, sure, some people are going to do it to try and... It's a collector's item. I'm going to try to make money. Well, I'm not talking about them. Those people... <laughs> I was about to say, those people suck. Uh, it's just... A tr it's not true. It's just... That's not what really... It may be what drives the profit margins for some, but it's not what drives the survivability of the story, the survivability of the medium. And what causes people to be interested in it is it's a long-form story. And in order for a long-form story to work, you see the characters change and alter a little bit and a little bit more, and they do something more, and they, they, they adapt that is what they need to do with these characters. They need to show, they need to show progress and change. They need to ground it more. Don't get me wrong. I love the big CGI fights from the Avengers films. They're great, to a certain extent, but that's not what makes it makes it work for me. We've talked about this before. My favorite comic book film has less CGI in it than most of them. It was because they went a different direction. They went spy thriller. The second Captain America film was still my favorite MCU project by far. It was just better written. It had everything. It had a great base plot. It had great characterization. It had character growth. It had stakes. It had surprise elements that built on story that they had already established. Essentially, as soon as the first Avengers film came out, the, the group that was in charge of everything everything lost their damn minds and over overplanned and under utilized. Well, if you also look at it too, the the ones the movies that had the best stories and success and things that were built on previous items. Those are the Russo brothers. Mm -hmm. There is a very common thread in there. And, of course, they're not going to get full writing credits in terms of, like, they didn't write the story, but they had some say in that story. Oh, yeah. And then they had some say in the creation of the the story on the screen. So a lot of the times we've talked about the directors that they've been getting. You mentioned this. You're just getting people that have no history. They have no track record. So we want young and upcoming people to do their thing, right? And, right. well, they're cheaper, but still they have a different perspective on things. Well, maybe you need to get some directors that are in there that are seasoned yeah. and are willing to do a superhero thing, but then give them the power to do their own thing. Right. Like quit lurking. Yeah, with and with the understanding, with the understanding, it's like I mean that's the whole reason Wright left the Ant Man film because he's going to take it in a drastically different direction. But yeah, we get we gotta we gotta have some have something to reinvigorate it something something 
And I feel like a lot of the, the good, the, the things that, that need to happen, kind of happened in this Loki series. I mean, it, it gave me what I wanted. And, you know, good casting, solid story, you know, little little bit light in some plot points here and there. But, the uh, like I said, the characterization and the growth were good, and it had a satisfying end that left open possibility, but also gave a nice bow tie on the end of it. Yeah, there was definitely some weak spots. There were some cheesy and a lot of um, a lot of talking. Yes, right? which I don't so this this was this was the character development, the interpersonal type of show that you can't you can't deliver properly in a two hour movie. No, it's hard to do. It's 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 an attention span thing, and you put that when you put that into you know forty minute segments, it's much more attainable to the the modern attention span. Um, that let let's just put it how it is you know if you're not doing flashy things or having fun stuff or like changing things up on screen in two hours uh, of movie time you're you're losing people's attention uh and that's just that's different from what it was 10 years ago yeah tv but, shows but good yeah good. yeah i i prefer most of the most of the comic stuff be done as shows rather than films but you know it is what it is uh that's one of the reasons i'm so excited for when uh Daredevil comes, and and before then, Echo. Oh, I, I'm I'm just going to eat that one up. I can't wait. So e- Echo will be good. It's not that far away. January, no. right? Yeah. And that that but that leads into the Daredevil world. Yes. It it, it intermingles with it, of course, but it it kind of is the soft lead in, if you will. Um, it'll be a nice break from the holiday hubbub. Um, I know we've got. Uh, what if mm-hmm. is that coming up here soon too? December, yep. So there are a lot of things that Marvel has put on the table, and we're going to get continuous what three months worth of continuous shows to be able to check things out um, and see where those go. Won't be any movies for a bit, <laughs> unfortunately. Still but. a good time. I, I saw the preview for the What If season two, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. It's like it's got a brand new character. It's like, is it brand new though? Looks like it's a magic user who's female, Native American. Yeah, that's Talisman from Alpha Flight. <laughs> that's not a new character. <laughs> She's been out around for a while. Um, but yeah, I know New character to the MCU. Yeah. Well, no, I think they're going to give, it's going to be a new character, new name, new, whatever, and a different history. But in, in my mind, in the back of my mind, I know it's going to be going the entire time when that character appears. It's like, this is just talisman. Why couldn't you just do talisman? I would love to see alpha flight. Come on, man. Uh, well, uh, I, I know you love your Canadians. I do so. love my Canadians. But uh, it would make sense. Yeah, I think so. Get you know, you got that uh, that pesky Wolverine character that always hangs around with him. I know. Like, come on, I would just is it'd make too much sense. Yeah, I think so. But just a quick scoring area. Where do you think you're at? It doesn't have to be anything specific because I'm kind of in the vague mid '80s on this Loki. Is kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I 
I, I was, I think the the first half drew me along better than the second half did. Um, there was definitely some lulls that I came across in my binge, uh, but that goes to attention span that I just mentioned. Um, probably 70s, high 70s is what I'm thinking for this. I feel like that kind of goes along with our normal <laughs> way of uh, ranking these things. But, yep. uh, well, I mean, that's that's not too bad. You know, high 70s is uh, nothing to sneeze at, as they say. Um but what did you think, dear listeners? I mean, we would love to hear your thoughts on Loki Season 2. You know how to get a hold of us. Uh, next week, uh, we are going to be coming back with another episode in the history of comics and television. Ooh. Yeah, we got back, as they call it, back to the well. <laughs> we're getting into the, we're, we're really getting into the ones where it's just a lot of, a lot, a of, lot of shows. Yeah. Well, a lot of good stuff and a lot of just chaff, too. But a lot of shows. Mm, a lot of shows. But until then, uh, hopefully when you hear this, you're you're recovering from plenty of turkey and, you know, mashed potatoes, stuffing, whatever it is that makes your family holiday meals wonderful. And we will see you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>